Welcome once again to Unprofessional. I am your guest, Lex Friedman. Joining me as always are your hosts, Dave Wiskus and Jamie Newberry. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Lex. Hi. I almost couldn't stop laughing the whole time you were doing that. I don't well, know th- why. thanks for joining me today. <laughs> thanks. Thank you. It's Lex Friedman. I'm so excited to talk to this you. This is it's Lex's first show back. This Woo! is this is something. I've I appeared on one show since I left. You appeared? Uh, you were there, uh, yeah. but not There was a recording of me on a show. <laughs> That's happened twice, actually. I reused that recording for the second Renee Ritchie episode. That's right. Previously on Unprofessional. That's right. <laughs> nice, nice. Previously on Unprofessional, I was the host. <laughs> well, I was I was always a co-host, never a host. Well, always whatever. a bridesmaid. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Something like that. Well, we, we're bringing you back. We, we're dragging you back into this this week. <laughs> Kicking and screaming. <laughs> Kicking and screaming. <laughs> because something happened that you and I need to talk about. Yeah, it's pretty serious. It is dramatic. It is impactful. It might be one of the most important things that's ever happened in my life. And and the sad part is I'm not fully in on it, but you guys should, well, you guys should totally but speaking talk of about things, it. But before he even says what it is, just speaking of things that you are fully in on, yeah. I'm very proud of both of you for the way this, this show has thrived in my absence. Aww. I think it's pretty great. So congratulations to you both. Thank Aww. you. That means a Thanks, lot, Lex. Lex. You well, have, you Dave have. paid me to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you're missed. I'll say you're missed. Definitely. But nobody, nobody has complained about Jamie. Everything, everything we're hearing about Jamie is fantastic. Aww. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Jamie's a, a real nice addition. All right, stop it now. Let's get on with the show. <laughs> All right. So, what is this horrible thing so, that has happened? So, J- Jamie, you're going to be the voice of the, are the, uh, yeah, the voice of the audience. Can I be the again. voice of reason? <laughs> Jamie, you're going to be the voice of the audience who has no idea what we're talking about. Well, some idea. All right. But the thing is, so this big, impactful, dramatic event in, in our lives, I'm speaking, of course, about the series finale of How I Met Your Mother. Oh. Now, wait a second. If people haven't seen How I Met Your Mother or haven't seen the finale, can they still appreciate this episode of Unprofessional? Only if they weren't planning to watch it. I mean, we're going to spoil the shit out of this We're going to spoil the show. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, see it, turn it off now. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you haven't seen it and never planned to, you're fine. Which and if is you've me. Already, uh, yeah, because we'll we'll make sure you understand what we're talking about okay. as much as is possible. If you don't care about the show at all, but would still like to hear us ruin something for Jamie, <laughs> keep listening. Because it's going to happen. It's about to happen. This is like a spoiler of spoilers. <laughs> so the show puts its premise right in the title, right? How I Met yeah. Your Mother. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's my take, yeah. For what it's worth. It answers worth, the question. For what it's worth, I've seen the pilot. And nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> so, were you? Were you? Uh, did you get caught by the twist at the end of the pilot? Where there the was... whole time you're like, "Oh, Robin's got to be the mother," and then he's like, "And that's how I met your aunt, Robin." And you're like, "Oh, that's the aunt." Yeah. See, and and I actually I must have missed that very line <laughs> because I didn't mm. even realize until I skipped ahead and read that. Is it Ted? The, the yeah, guy that Ted is no longer dating Robin in season eight. So I was like, oh, something must happen. Guess she's not the one. Uh, well, she's not the mother, but the show ends with him getting together with Robin. So the mother, you meet the mother in the final season and she's a love. It's a lovely actress and it's a lovely role. They've basically crafted Ted's dream woman. And she is, let's be clear, Kristen Milotti. Is that how I say that? Milly, I don't know. Milotti. Uh, however you say her name, she is adorable beyond belief. Yeah, you just want to squeeze her. She's fantastic. And not squeeze her in like a, a salacious way. Friendly squeezing. Right. Friendly squeezes. Like Charmin tissue. 
determine tissue that you'd kind of want to make out with. But yeah. Oh, yeah, She better. has done full frontal nudity on film, I'm just saying. Not, not the toilet paper, but Christine, Kristen. <laughs> full frontal toilet paper. She's, <laughs> she's, wait, she's done nudity? She, she has. Link in the show notes. Dave will now be doing some research. But so the, you meet the mother and it's wonderful and you know, you'll see glimpses because the show likes to play with time and uh, the, the order that it's telling the story in. And so you see her, you see them in the future together and happy. And then you start to realize something is not right here. Something has gone horribly wrong at some point. And there's hints. And I decided, Dave had convinced me years ago on this very show that the mother was going to be dead, that that was the point of the story. He's telling them how he met his mother, because how he met their mother, because their mother's dead. And you mentioned that a couple weeks ago. I was joking when I said it. <laughs> but I, I thought that would be a great ending, but they're never going to do it. As they started hinting towards it in a couple episodes of the final season, I was like, well, they, since they're hinting at it, it's clearly not going to happen because this is so ham-fistedly obvious now. They couldn't possibly. And then they did. And then he's like, okay, she's dead. I'll, uh, now that I've been a widower for six years, my kids are giving me permission to, to go out with Aunt Robin again. Oh. Here, here's my thing about this. Because they, they, this is not a last minute they decided to do this thing. They filmed the scene with the kids eight years ago or whatever. Yeah. Right, right, right. My, my problem is that this entire last season, season nine, takes place over the course of the the we uh, takes place over the course of the weekend of the wedding between Barney and Robin, two of the characters on the show. Barney is uh, the Neil Patrick Harris character. Right, right. Robin is no, Robin. Robin is also the Neil Patrick Harris character. It's a really impressive role for him. <laughs> I was going to say, did you just call her Bobbin? <laughs> yeah, Bobbin. Uh, it, the, it, the entire season is the weekend of that wedding. And a lot happens in that weekend. Um. They could have earned that last 20 minutes of show. They could have earned the she dies and these are the things that happened. They, that could have worked. The problem is that they tried to pack it into the last 20 minutes and not set it up over the course of the season. If the last season had been uh, jumps forwards and backwards in time, and we get to know the mother, we fall in love with the mother, and we get to like see the sadness of her getting sick, her dying, and then the thing with the kids having to grow up without the... Like, if we get to see all of that, and then he gets together with Robin, I can buy it. But to just like throw the switch at the last minute, that doesn't work for me. So I've really, when you, you and I had exchanged messages on Twitter and Instant Messenger about the finale, and I went from thinking it's okay to it's bad to it's good, and I, I honestly don't know where I stand. I've read as much navel-gazing articles as I could handle to where different reviewers were giving their feedback on whether the ending was good or not. And for me, I think my big objection is, he was so great with the mother that, like you said, Dave, I wanted to see more of it. I felt like I had earned it by giving nine years to the show. It right. was so happy and nice to see them together that they could have done everything they had done. But, you know, let let us have more of that good time with them together because it was so nice. Yeah, I rewatched it in preparation for this. And I was surprised the second time how much better I thought it was. Mm. How Because there was no shock. I knew it was going to happen. So there was no big uh, build up to anything. It was just. It, it was I got to appreciate it I guess for what it was the the trouble I have though is I stand by it it's just too much in one episode it's too much of a roller coaster to happen right at the last second like that what I do like is uh, the that we get to almost end I don't think it's the last shot we see but one of the last shots we see 
is uh, when he meets the mother, the two of them under the yellow umbrella. Right. And they really are cute together. And it really is. That feels like the moment that we earned. Right. But then they, they, they lay more of this Ted and, Bar- uh, Ted and Robin shit on us the last second. And by, I don't know, season six, I was tired of that storyline. Now, Jamie, you, you just watched the pilot. Yep, that's it. Yesterday I watched it. Do you remember the, the blue French horn from the pilot? Yes, I do. The, the Smurf dick. Yes. Yeah. So in the, in the last moments of the finale. I was taking a drink when you said that. I nearly died. In, in the final moments of the finale, Ted's kids are like, this whole story hasn't been about how you met mom. It's been about how you still have the hots for Aunt Robin, which I didn't like that phrasing, by the way, because right. he, he should have at some point not had the hots for her because he was in love with his wonderful <laughs> wife. Right. But how you still have the hots for Aunt Robin and you want our permission to date her, go for it. And so the final shots, Ted goes to get buzzed in at Robin's future house or future apartment and she can't get the thing to work. So she looks out the window to see who it is and there's Ted and he holds up the blue French horn. So it's great. It's a nice callback to the pilot. He's got but this blue French horn. But they'd already called back to that right. like five times over the course of the Here's series. my problem. Why the fuck did he keep that French horn for so long? Why yeah. did he keep it through his marriage to another woman? Yeah, that's good. No, he didn't. He had to, he had to give it back, remember? Give it back to... Where, where did he get it from? The restaurant. He went back and stole it again? Restole it? He restole what? it? Yeah, he had to re-steal it. In the finale, he restole it? Okay, well, then yeah. I can slightly forgive that. I don't like that he's stealing it at his age. <laughs> now, the other... Like, my wife was complaining that... My wife was complaining that um, he... Uh, that Robin is shown to get more and more distant from everybody else. So she and Barney get married. She and Barney get divorced. And... Then, like, Lily's big fear is they're all going to, Allison Hannigan's character, they're, they're all going to get separated and never see each other again. And that doesn't happen for most of them, but it happens for Robin, who kind of distances herself from the group. She's focusing on her career. And, uh, you know, I've, I've read people who objected that they did that to Robin and that Ted was so willing to forgive her. But that, to me, actually seemed kind of real. You know, you, you know people for a long time, then people drift apart and you got to do your own thing and you don't see him as much. It's true. Sure. That's true. What I don't like about that, and I think more than the, the Ted problem, and the Ted problem I simply sum up as, I spent nine years walking, watching this guy, and this is what ends up happening. I thought he was supposed to grow as a character and get better, not end up with the same girl he fell in love with in the first episode yeah. and has been pining over at, off and on mm-hmm. for the entire run of the show and making the same stupid decisions. And we get to find out that when he does finally meet the girl of his dreams and uh, falls in love with her, they have kids, don't even get married until after both kids are born, and then she dies and he has to spend six years being a single dad. Like th- this, this guy is tragic. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy, this this guy's whole life is like. I thought we were gonna have a happy ending where everything's ha- good for Ted and it's great, but it turns out it's just more sad sack bullshit. But my bigger problem, even than all of that, is that Rob, uh, Robin, that Barney, is uh, he didn't grow at all. But he did. He does grow. It, it cheaply, but he grows cheaply. <laughs> cheaply. It's he grows it's super cheap, right? He, he he impregnates somebody, and you never see who it is. And when number thirty one, right? When he becomes her, when when the baby's born, he says the kinds of things he always says to girls to try to pick them up, which he says earlier in that episode. He uses those same lines to this baby, but he means them sincerely, like that his whole life is about the baby. So having a baby suddenly changes him. Mm. But then you see the way he uh, acts towards the girls in the bar. He gets up and he follows them, and he's like. Look at the way you're dressed. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Go home and put on some clothes. Stop, you know, whatever. Barney has gone from one extreme of, of, of treating women like property to another. I don't think this is real growth. I think it's just a, a difference in the same problem. <laughs> well, 
one thing it seemed to me that they were going for was parallels. Whether it fit the story or not, I don't know, but they were trying to do, for the sake of good storytelling, parallels, right? So Ted meets the mother after she has lost the love of her life because he dies at some tragic young age. And now she right. marries Ted and the same thing happens. So her life is perhaps even more tragic than Ted's, right? She met two men of her dreams and didn't get to spend a lot of time with either one of them because one died and then she died. Um, but so it was like, oh, so the same thing happened to Ted that happened to the mom. And, you know, Barney was like a ridiculous sexualizer of women and now is like a ridiculous uh, defender or protector of women. And I don't know. Like, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from that it's I, – I didn't think that it was – Barney's story was good. But uh, – I understood what they were going for. I, I don't know. If I were Neil Patrick Harris, I would be very pissed off about that. He claims not to have been. About having a know. shitty character? Uh, well, no, he had this amazing character that over the last few seasons of the show had really grown and, and started to change. And it was interesting to see how this womanizing character could become an, uh, an interesting three-dimensional human being. And then the very last episode, reset button. <laughs> nice. But, oh, wait, he has a kid now, so it's all okay. Let me ask you guys this: what What was the best part of the show? I mean, you did you guys consistently watch it for all nine seasons, like regularly? Uh, I did. Yes, I got in. I think season three, season four. Interesting. Is my thing about not watching shows until they hit season four? Yeah, I don't know. Based on the pilot, I don't think it's one I would finish. But I'm just saying, you guys hate me now. No, no. We, uh, based on what you've told us, do you? Do you not think you'd get into it because of the ending or because of the way the show is told? No, because of the pilot, I think, actually. I mean, just, uh, you know, I watched the pilot yesterday. I was like, eh. And, and <laughs> clearly I missed the, the end of the pilot even, and I was sitting right in front of it. I must have been distracted. I, I've joked for years that How I Met Your Mother is like the sitcom equivalent of Lost, where there's these this layered mystery and there's a real timeline to it. and They give you clues the difference, though, is that How I Met Your Mother never seemed like it was abusing that because the, the conceit of the show is you're not going to know until. Yeah. And then at the very end, they pull a lost on us and they give us an ending that doesn't entirely make sense. So, you know, I try to and this is this is where I think it succeeded where Lost didn't. Lost made me angry. Lost <laughs> um, betrayed me. Lost kept writing secrets that it couldn't pay off. And it kept adding layers of mystery and intrigue that had no yeah. possible explanation. And it made me angry. How I Met Your Mother didn't do that. How I Met Your Mother had its central conceit of how did he meet the mother. It had a little twist of, he, you know, yes, he met the mother, but she's dead. And now he's going to go back and marry Robin. Um, and none of it was like the ending didn't fully land for me, I guess. But it didn't I didn't feel betrayed because the whole show was enjoyable. And new episodes didn't make me get angry or frustrated. There were you know seasons. <laughs> the show got progressively worse, as most shows do, but not all. Uh, but, you know, like the the whole Robin Sparkles element. And uh, it turns out, Jamie, that uh, Robin spent uh, part of her childhood in Canada being a Tiffany-esque mall touring rock star. Very and nice. so everyone's wanted to get to see her music videos. Now it'd be fun. You know, uh, the various ongoing jokes like the slap bet and uh, Swarly and all these things, you know, so the show had lots of funny <laughs> moments. Like and speaking kept, a different language right, kept, as far as Jamie's concerned. It, but so the show was funny and I, I didn't feel betrayed. That's see, and that's good. That's fair. That's a fair th thing. I read a lot of the little, uh, you know, as I was going through the seasons yesterday, looking for the finale. But you know, I didn't realize that there were nine seasons, and 
I really, I could tell by it. So I read a whole bunch of the little summaries of the shows. I, you know, I had it up on Netflix there, I think. And uh, mm. yeah, and and so I read a bunch and I did read Robin Sparkles. It didn't intrigue me enough to watch it, but I was like, <laughs> oh, Robin Sparkles, that's nice. This is a great way to handle books too. Don't read the book, just read the Wikipedia article about the book. <laughs> it's like Cliff Notes, Cliff Notes right. from the day. Oh, that's what, that's what the summaries are. You just read the read read the summary of the episode all the way see, through every every season. With Lost, I started to feel so pissed off at how slowly they were doing the storytelling that I I even though I it? knew the creators hated no, I never gave up. Even though I knew the creators hated spoilers, I I chased them down with with passion and fire. Like I wanted to get spoiled before every episode. Like I'm going to find out exactly what's going to happen, and I did it for the for finale. And I said, I can't. I hope these spoilers are wrong because this is terrible. And indeed, they were not wrong. Uh. <laughs> but with How I Met Your Mother, the journey was the reward. As ridiculous as it sounds, because like the individual episodes were funny and enjoyable, and you know there was the overall story. Like Jesus, just show us the mother already. But <laughs> You know, it was good. I liked it. Well, I will say that I don't, it, it wasn't like Lost where I felt betrayed and I felt like I wasted my, wasted my time. I watched the last episode of How I Met Your Mother. And to me, while I disagree with that, the choices that were made, it doesn't diminish the value of the show to me overall. And that's, that's like what you were saying, right, Lex? I mean, like it was enjoyable throughout each season. It was rewarding. Now, I have, yes, but I have seen some people say, and I, I can't. I can't quite argue against them that th- they have no motivation ever to rewatch the show. You know, if they saw a rerun, they wouldn't want to watch it because they know, well, Ted, you're doomed. Like you might, <laughs> you know, you're going to meet that mother and then she's going to die. And so yeah. it does maybe harm the, the replay value. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Syndication. <laughs> Jamie doesn't care. Eh, yeah, replays. No. I, you know, yeah. Sometimes I'm late to the, the program though with things like Seinfeld. I think Seinfeld was in syndication before I ever watched the first episode of Seinfeld. She just started watching it. No, I started watching it way late, but then I loved it. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm a little late to the show sometimes with TV. There's a moment, I I think it's the finale or the the one right before, where Barney says, if it didn't work with Robin, I don't think it's going to work with anybody. Like, you can't expect me to settle down. This is just who I am. Let me be me. Why is that true for Barney, but not Robin? Why are we supposed to believe that that is Barney's lot in life, but Robin, who is an equal part of that marriage, can now go be with Ted and they'll live happily ever after? Because they're different people. Are they? (laughs) 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 Remember, he plays both characters. (laughs) I think it's actually, I think the whole story is meant to be like, uh, I'm going to spoil another movie here, but I think it's supposed to be Fight Club-esque and that really Ted and Barney are the same person. Ooh, that's interesting. Are you just pulling that out of your ass, or you? I, I just pulled it out of my ass. I don't actually think that to be the case at all. Uh, I think that they're different sides of one personality. Oh yeah. I don't think it's literally one dude, but I think that, well, there's definitely moments where Ted behaves like Barney. Right, where he's hopelessly like. But you're right that they kind of are two sides of, of two extremes of a coin, like what, believing in true love and wanting to just find right. the one and the exact opposite. It's 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 really the three of them, Ted, Marshall, and Barney, where Ted desperately wants to be Marshall, but he will enjoy occasionally being Barney along the way. Mm. Well, everybody likes strange, Dave. You know? So, just so I'm understood, so they, they're, these, I'm going <laughs> back to Ted and, and Barney for a second. They're okay. sometimes similar and sometimes different. Is that what I heard? Kind of. <laughs> Like siblings uh, might be, uh, yeah, a little bit. Just curious, just making sure I'm following. As it turns <laughs> out, Barney's brother on the show was Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady. Yeah. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. That's a, yeah. a graceful fit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now I'm now I might actually have to watch it, Lex. Yeah, well, it's pretty good. And uh, uh, what's it? Bob Barker is on the show too. Oh, I love Bob Barker. He's like a thousand years old. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Even if you guys are talking about a show, I have no idea anything about. But well, so are you a big television fan in general, or no? I am actually. I'm quite a quite a watcher of things. I watch terrible shows, though. Is that a show? Is it called Things? No, you... no, no, no. I I watched oh. some shows. I mean, I watched. Let's see. I watched Breaking Bad when that was mm. out. I do watch. That was a show with a great finale. I loved. I loved the whole show. There well, were. Did you guys read the the theory of a a wrong but still very intriguing interpretation of the finale for Breaking Bad that it leads into The Walking Dead? Not that one. <laughs> so spoiler alert for Walking Dead. Significant spoiler alert for Walking Dead. Nobody's going to be able. Well, I guess people who are caught up on television can listen to this episode. But I have uh, not. I'm not caught up on Walking Dead. I do oh, watch no, th- Walking this is Dead. Only, I'm sorry. Did I say spoiler for Walking Dead? I meant for Breaking Bad. Spoiler oh, for Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. So well, sure you can ruin that. The theory was that you know that every very often in Walt's life when he's trying to set things up, stuff goes wrong, which is which is fairly believable, right? He's trying to do some incredible things doesn't always work. But in the finale, everything goes according to plan down to the you know the rotating machine gun situation. Yeah. And so the theory goes that from the moment when the police are closing in at the start of the episode and Walt can't find the keys to the car and he hits the car in frustration and the keys fall from the visor, aka from heaven. <laughs> that everything from there on are like a dying man's dreams. Like he's either going to die in that car or get caught in that car and that's it. And everything that you see from there where she picks the exact stevia packet that he's put the poison in and the machine gun doohickey works and uh, Jesse gets away and all that. That's a good, that, that's a good um, take on it actually. Like, you well, know, I thought it was really interesting because everything really does go beautifully according to play. Now the creators say, you know, nope, Nope, it all happened. What we said happened, happened. But they also acknowledged, which is what I thought, that, you know, that's pretty clever, though. That's yeah. a pretty interesting take on what could have happened there. Kind of wish we'd thought of that. I like yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, that's good. That's a good takeaway. I think pulling off a good TV finale is, is hard. And that's, I, you, what else? What else has had a great finale? Breaking Bad had a great finale. Lost famously had a terrible finale. Battlestar Galactica had. I haven't seen that finale yet. I think the worst finale ever. So, you know. You got that to look forward to. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> that was that was the finale, and I, I won't say anything about it other than everything up until the finale was some of the best TV I've ever seen. Wow. And the finale made me think, God, I wish I had, I wish that the show had been canceled right before I got to watch this. <laughs> Are you actually watching Battlestar? Or, yeah, well, or? we've watched the first season, and I think we stopped there because there's so much else to watch too. Yeah. yeah. So many when we other watch things. shows, we go through everything. You know, we watch every episode. We don't, you know, if we give up on a show, that's one thing. But if we're into a show, we're not going to like skip and sip from it. We're going to just, we're completists. And I feel like we're that way too here. But, you know, yeah, we just, I couldn't get into Battlestar Galactica either. And I've heard such wonderful things about it. But I tried like three different times, I tried. It's just not Jamie, for me. That's, that's, an, that's enough of these have been mentioned that I have to ask. Are you dead inside? <laughs> Thanks, Dave. What do you like? Uh, What's going on? What do I like? I love my soaps. No, I don't. Watch <laughs> if it's those on either. Bravo, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Watching my stories. Watching my programs. That's what I watch. Programs. What do I watch? Now I'm trying to figure out what I watch. I, watch... I don't even want to know what you watch. I want to know what you like. What I like. Ooh. Well, I liked Breaking Bad. I liked that a lot. Okay, that's good. Um, you know, I do watch one that I'm embarrassed to say that I watch. It's called Parenthood. 
Oh, I like Parenthood. I like I don't love Parenthood, but I like it. So, like, I watch it, you know, yeah, I watch it. Well, Dave, you haven't yet seen Parenthood, I imagine. Uh, Yet is a strong word. Yet implies that I might. (laughs) Yeah, and I have to say, like, my boyfriend hates the show, doesn't, so I watch it, like, on my own but yeah so lauren and i watch it together well let's let's do to dave what dave and i did to you where he parents. doesn't know what we're talking about but I'll so check out. there's i wish i would have known this was going to happen i would have saved my eating until now <laughs> <laughs> well, but so there's I'll, I'll give you the the story and i don't know i'm terrible at tv characters names but there's one couple uh where the husband in the first seasons is painted as the greatest husband imaginable. He's a stay-at-home dad, and he takes yeah. incredible care of the kids. He's amazing. Joel. Then the Joel, right. And so then his wife decides she's going to stop being a lawyer for a while, and she's going to be a stay-at-home mom, and Joel's going to go to work. And so he gets the really high-paying job, and he's doing awesomely. Then, for some reason, this woman, the wife, and I'm not trying to bias you in any way, but this horrible bitch of a wife decides that she's going to uh, kiss some other dude who she's been hanging out with. And then when Joel finds out, he's like, you suck, I'm moving out, and we're going to get divorced. And my wife and every other woman I talk to who watches this show is like, no, what's the wife's name here? Julia. Julia. Like, no, Team Julia, why is Joel being such an ass to her? It was just one measly kiss, and he should have been a better, more loving husband once he went back to work and more supportive of her. But I think he's like the greatest husband of all time, and she's a total hoebag for cheating on him, and I don't get why everybody's not Team Joel. But I want to know, Jamie, are, are you are you another woman in the category of I love, I already forgot her name again, Julia. but I love Julia? No, I'm actually more in Joel's camp on this one because oh, I, I think that, <laughs> because I, I think that Julia stopped listening and then when Joel like finally reached his sort of breaking point, he stopped communicating. But um, mm. he did try. He did try early on. So yes. I don't know. And I think, you know, if you push a person and push a person, push a person, they're going to eventually stop communicating. And then she's completely like, what's going on? Why aren't you talking? Why won't you talk about it? And so they've put all this focus on him not talking about it. But he reached a breaking point. Like he's not talking about it because she wouldn't listen for so long. I don't Are know. you all caught up on the show? Yeah, I just just because she just night. boned a dude now. She just boned some other yeah, dude now, a, so a, a third happened. guy. Yeah, she, this woman sounds terrible. And so she's she's the worst. And what's really she's great is a, a couple of weeks ago we were out with another couple and we were talking about paranoid having this debate about Joel and Julia. And the woman at the next table was there with her. Sorry, I was boning another dude. <laughs> no, but mm-hmm. she's she she didn't realize we were talking about a TV show. And she's oh. eavesdropping more and more obviously, and she can't <laughs> believe what's happening. Like what these things this woman did. These people. And, <laughs> and finally she's like which one of you is she friends with and for me it was ridiculous on many levels one that she didn't understand that we were talking about a tv show too well, how do you invade somebody else's conversation <laughs> at a fancy know. restaurant uh, when clearly you're talking about something that is so awkward on its own i right. know yeah. and it's like to even acknowledge that you've been eavesdropping for as yes. long as obviously she had been that it was would be so a awkward interesting wow that's the best part of the story right there oh for sure Oh my gosh. The, then her husband wanted to talk about football with us and we really did not want to. It was great. Yeah. Oh. That sounds like that sounds like every conversation about football to me. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you there. I'm not good at sport conversations either. Boy, I do. I sound like a curmudgeon. I don't like those shows. I don't like any shows or sports. <laughs> I don't like these programs. Yep. You know, you know, there hasn't been a good TV show on the air since that. Eight is enough. Yeah, that was actually I didn't. Like I, that show. I never saw it. I remember it, but I wasn't way into that one either. I used to love <laughs> I Dream of Genie though. For me, TV died when Growing Pains went off the air. Growing Pains was a good show. I, I liked Growing Pains. 
I did too. I liked all of those shows that era. Family ties. I liked ties. hanging with Mr. Cooper a lot too. Yeah, I remember hanging with Mr. Cooper and and Family Ties, Perfect Strangers, Roseanne, uh, Step by Step, Roseanne. How did you feel about Roseanne's finale? Most people know. didn't watch the show long enough to make it to the finale, but how, if you I saw, don't it, I think I remember. I the heard. Finale. I read about it, but I never watched it. Yeah, it turns out that it was all a dream or something, right? Right. That she well, like there's one season where they win the lottery. And they suddenly are fabulously rich. So instead of being super low class, now they're super, well, they're low class, but with tons of money. Yeah. Right. But then it turns out that. Which is a funny premise. Yeah. But it turns out, right, that the whole life, her whole life was a fantasy that Dan had died years ago and everything. She was just like imagining what a better life would have been like if he hadn't died or something. Like totally crazy. Wow. That feels like a similar conceit to the How I Met Your, or a similar, a similar twist of the How I Met Your Mother problem. Interesting. Yeah. Where it, it. It feels like you've bought into these characters and then the rug kind of gets pulled out from it. You didn't get the the satisfaction of the ending you felt like you deserved. Right. Now, there's two arguments to be made there. On the one side, is, it's, is to say that this is not... These things should be representative of real life. The moral of the How I Met Your Morals... Uh, how I Met Your Morals. <laughs> the moral of the How I Met Your Mother story is not that love is perfect. It is that there are different kinds of love and there are different kinds of relationships in your life. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Then the other school of thought is this should be escapism. This is a 20-minute TV show that people watch once a week to, to see these characters be funny. And you've made an investment in hoping that their lives turn out better than yours did. <laughs> well, did you, do you watch The Good Wife? No. Do you plan to? Nope. Okay. Well, Jamie, how good is the wife? No. It's, how good so, is the wife? <laughs> well, so I, without, I can do this without revealing anything. But with no warning and with no, no, uh, no spoilers ahead of time, a major character dies suddenly one season dies suddenly and unexpectedly it's not like there's like foreshadowing all of us along there's nothing and then boom senseless death did somebody just get written out of the show or what well so it turned out that this star of the show after many seasons had told the producers ahead of time you know i i think i want to be done with this show and they said sure but let's not tell anybody and let's do it this way and their argument was you know it is it's an hour-long drama and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's serious and like the death isn't foreshadowed a lot of the time and unexpected things, uh, do happen. And so they wanted to show the, you know, the suddenness of, of death and they wanted to, you know, have a serious moment where it was like, you know, you can't plan for things and you don't know what tomorrow brings. And there I felt that they earned it. Nice. Um, and I, I appreciate it, but it's a different thing. Like that's a show that's, it's got funny elements, but it's a thrilling kind of well-told drama. It really belongs on like Showtime, but C- CBS does the best they can. Um, <laughs> it does have occasional, well, only once, only once that it have a, a, a true oral sex scene, but, um, oral with an O or an A? O. And uh, with an O. Oh. And, um, that's the one that's <laughs> so much better when she does it. Uh-huh. But, uh, but yeah, so that I was like, fine, yes, you can put a death of a major character whom I've you know grown invested in, because you're it, like you were saying, Dave. It's not the same as a sitcom. Like if I'm here for a sitcom, I don't need you to suddenly nine times twenty two episodes later say, hey, guess what? We're going to teach you an important life lesson about how all good things die. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. Right. This needs to be candy. Yeah. Give me candy. That's all I want is give me candy. They, give, me, give me give me the funny. They could have added meaning. Like they could have had her die. Uh, in her 50s, like they've had a life together first, not just two kids who grew up without a mother. Like there were other ways that they could do it and still be a little bit like, I don't know. It was, they, they tried too hard. And the, the best analysis I read is that 
they did tape the the Robin twist ending like in season two when they didn't know when they'd get canceled and they wanted to get right. it before the kids got old, and then they effectively had painted themselves into that corner and felt like they had a they had to go back to it. Well, no, they they recorded two different endings, and they they're saying now that the DVD box set is going to come with the second ending, well, so, which means YouTube will get it like four right. hours. After. But what what I have read is that. Um, that the alternate ending isn't actually any different footage that it's the same. It's nothing that they didn't, sh- they might cut stuff out, but it doesn't, there's no new, like other ending. See, I'm sure somebody on YouTube has already done this. Take the footage they gave us and recut it. Oh, they to did. Give us a better ending. They did. Yeah, it, it, was, happened? it was a great video. Great. Like I watched it. <laughs> like I had just convinced myself that the ending was fine and I was okay with it. And then somebody's like, here's how it should have ended. And you watch that and you're like, yes, that's much, much better. Uh, send me a link. I'll put it in the show notes. I will do that. One thing that they were really good at on How I Met Your Mother is that that dedication to timeline and setting things up years in advance. And it felt like in the later seasons, they had run out of stuff from earlier on. So they kept going back to certain wells. But there's one example, my favorite example of how far ahead they think, or at least it certainly seemed that way, was when Marshall's dad died. Mm-hmm. That had been set up or or hinted at, foreshadowed, three seasons earlier when uh, there's a stupid joke in the episode where Marshall says that I guarantee you three to five years lightsaber technology is available to the public. And at the very end, like the, the cutaway joke at the, the, the last bit of the show is it says, you know, at the bottom three to five years later and it's Marshall at his family's dinner table and he uses a lightsaber to cut the Turkey for Thanksgiving and his dad's not there. Like you see other family members, but they don't show his dad. Right. They paid it, which yeah, which would have explained why Marshall was the one carving the turkey. Because if he's carving the turkey, it would be because his dad wasn't there to do it. There's enough happening in that scene that that it's credible that they really did intend to kill the dad off a few years later. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like on Lost when they had to kill various characters because the characters wanted out of the contracts or they decided they wanted to add some characters and then regretted adding those characters. Like, or somebody got a DUI. Right. And had to get killed. Yeah. Same thing happened to a cast member on uh, The Walking Dead, but since I don't know how caught up you guys are, that's all I'm going to say. I'm three episodes in. <laughs> three episodes. <laughs> that's, uh, mm. you know, I watch it. It's not one of my favorite shows and I really hated the Governor character season. I'm oh, just going to say that. I hate it. That is tough. That's a tough season. Yeah. I Do, do you guys watch um, almost The Blacklist? Up. No. What's that? So I watch The Blacklist in theory, but there's like six episodes on the TiVo because I just can't summon up the energy to watch it. I, I've never seen it. I have no idea what it is. I just know that I keep bumping into the set. Like, like It's happened three or four times where I'm trying to get somewhere and I have to go around because they're filming the blacklist. Oh, I see. Today it was, I was trying to go to my favorite sandwich shop around the corner and my block is like, you know, sectioned off so they can film this show. We, I, um, when I lived in LA, I used to have that happen all the time where we'd run into medium love to tape right across the street <laughs> from where I worked. And, uh, the, there was a corner near us that was looked it was didn't look like la it was looked like the east coast really it was very heavily wooded and lots of trees and grass and everything and so they would more than once they would put up fake bus stops and my favorite time when they put up a fake bus stop to film was when they were crashing a car into it over and over again and so all day on a weekend they were crashing a car into this fake bus stop and then they would build it again and crash it in all over again. i just sat and watched all day on my balcony watching them it was fun it was better than real television. <laughs> it sounds. And the few times better. I've seen this, 
they've been uh you know standing around while somebody once the last time there was like standing around and somebody was laying on the ground being a dead body and uh i'm not sure they actually film anything what i learned from that is tv is really fucking boring work <laughs> it's mostly people standing around and then somebody yells action and they do a quick thing and then they all go back to standing around which is why there are things like stand-ins and why actors care so much about their trailers because they spend 99 percent of their time in the trailers yeah because you get yeah. like a five minute shot i used to work on things like that and that's yeah there is a lot of standing around so if if there's a an upcoming episode and you see me walking by, it's because I was trying to get my <laughs> Dave my in the sandwich. background. Well, did you get the sandwich? Spoiler alert! But did you get the sandwich? No, it was it was too much of a hassle to get into that shop, so I I went the other direction and got a, a bagel instead. What kind of sandwich do you normally get? What would you have gotten? Probably would have gotten the BLT. The BLT. I've never had a BLT. They make a good. Oh, you've never had a BLT? I don't like tea. <laughs> you could have a you'd have a BL. Right. I would be okay with a BL. Well, it's I mean there's also mayonnaise, so it's like a BLMT. So you could have a BLM. I'm glad it yeah, not not a not a BM though. Yeah. No. no. Okay. You gotta have the lettuce. You do have to have the lettuce and the mayo is important. It's an important piece. Because if you just have bacon and mayonnaise. Have you guys seen the Tom and Chi restaurant chain? No. It started it got popular because it went on Shark Tank. ABC Shark Tank, the only reality show I watch. Oh, right, right, right. I watched that one too. And um, so Tom and Chi is a tomato soup and grilled cheese restaurant. Tom That's and right. Chi. I did and see that. Okay. It's now a chain and there's one very close to us. And they make incredible grilled cheese sandwiches. So I had my most recent grilled cheese sandwiches there. One was cheese, crumbled up barbecue potato chips, bacon, uh, and... Maybe that's it. Maybe lettuce. I don't know. And that was phenomenal. The barbecue chips really made a big difference. I, and there was another know. one that was involved chicken and some other stuff. It was great. I don't know how I feel about that, Lex. I don't. I don't like a complicated grilled cheese sandwich. Like I just like the. <laughs> I like the kind that my mom used to make when I was a kid. Right, like the the white Wonder Bread with the buttered sides and the American <laughs> square cheese that comes in the wrapper. You know? Our foreign listeners are baffled at everything you just said. Uh, no, seriously, I don't like a complicated grilled cheese. I like like old mom makes a grilled cheese sandwich kind of grilled See, cheese See, I didn't know I liked a complicated grilled cheese until yeah. I had one. I would have said yeah. the same thing as you I've did. I've tried some. I've For me, it's, it's like mac and cheese. I grew up on Kraft macaroni and cheese, so you know, from the box is what I'm used to. But and I, and I I like that just fine. But you go to a fancy restaurant and get the mac and cheese. Mac and you're cheese guaranteed is to get good. something amazing. Mac and cheese is good. I'll give mac and cheese, fancy mac and cheese, lobster mac and cheese. I'm I'm down with that. Fancy, <laughs> fancy mac cheese. and cheese is its own thing, and I think that you have to look at fancy grilled cheese as its, its own. Right, thing. it's a different sandwich. It definitely right. is. I I just my preference is for. Yeah, I would rather go buy a Wonder Bread and um, a block of sliced American cheese packets. Craft. You know, the, the next time I go to Tom and Chi, I'm going to get the one sandwich there that I still covet that I haven't gotten, which is their mac and cheese grilled cheese. I would I would taste these things. I would be open to <laughs> tasting these things. But yeah. Mac and cheese grilled cheese. Why would you put, you, you can't put macaroni on a sandwich. I, I, well, I have to see what they mean by that. I have to get it. Now the, Maybe um, what they mean is that they take fried grilled cheese, or sorry, fried mac and cheese as the bread, <laughs> and, and then and then cheddar between. Well, those who know Tom and Chi know that it's fa they're famous for their donut grilled cheese, where it's 
donut with cheese on the inside. And then they also have other desserts. We get the s'more dessert where it's like a donut with chocolate and marshmallow something inside it Holy as a, sort of like a grilled cheese sandwich. Pretty great. I think you're, I'm pretty sure you're killing your children. <laughs> and Well, they've only been once. I went twice. The to- the hardest part is the tomato soup situation. Because you're like, do you want tomato soup? Do you want tomato basil? Or do you want creamy tomato basil? And mm. I'm like, I-, I don't know. Oh, that's that's not even like three separate things. That's a gradient. Yeah, it is. It's a gradient <laughs> of tomato soups. I'm with you there. That's uh... not okay. You make a decision. Jesus. Pick one. If you can eat, Pick, that's your soup. If you can eat thirteen of the grilled cheese donuts in one sitting with a drink and no bathroom breaks and no help, you win something. But they don't even say what you win because I think the answer is the sweet release of death. Uh, well, how stiff is the drink? <laughs> Soda or water? Oh, I was drunk. Maybe it's a family restaurant. I would be amused to see like some super drunk guy like give me the thirteen donuts. <laughs> I don't know. I like that mental image. That could be fun. Like the heart attack grill. Ah, gross. Yeah. I say gross. I, I actually, when you said the 13, I, 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 um, got third place in a donut eating competition once by eating 15 Krispy Kremes. Wow. In how long a time? 20 minutes. So you could do the 13. I could probably do that. I I don't know that I could do it now, but What did you win? I won a trophy, a pig trophy. (laughs) I still have it. Well learned. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I once ate like a, a one, no, I guess like a one and a half pound burger and got uh, a free t-shirt. And then when I went back to that restaurant a couple of years later, they had replaced it with a 2.2 pound burger, which came on a dinner plate. It was the size of the dinner plate. It sat on two open face buns that were just kind of supported. And if you ate the whole thing that time, you also got a t-shirt. And diarrhea. Yeah, when I got to the last quarter of the burger, I was literally taking my water glass and just pouring the water onto the meat to kind of pre-masticate it for me. And I did finish it, and I got the t-shirt, and then I also ordered dessert. I was in college at the time, so it was much easier. And uh, I lost the (laughs) t-shirt. And now the rest, the restaurant used to have a website, so there was still proof that I had eaten the uh, the sumo burger at Norman's in in Jer- Tel Aviv, Israel. I think. Maybe <laughs> Wait, I want to be clear. I want to be clear based on the way you told the story. You said that you ordered dessert and then you lost the T-shirt. Is it because you couldn't finish dessert? <laughs> no, 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 no. Back from you, or you mean that later on? Later on, I lost the T-shirt, so I lost my evidence of having done it. And there was a website for a while that said, "Look, Lex Friedman ate the sumo burger on this date, and now the restaurant went out of business, probably because too many people were winning free shirts." Yeah. And. Uh, now there's no evidence that I've done it other than this podcast. Wow. Well, speaking of disappointing endings. I was looking to that as a potential closer. <laughs> Food challenges. Because we're, we're at, we're at uh, five, 40, 45 minutes now? Yep. And I do have, I have children at home. Mine are asleep. Are they? Oh yeah, it's late there. Mine are all dead. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> Sorry. Well, they're not alive. I don't have children. Yep. If they're not alive, they're dead. That's it. Yeah, that's how that works. Black and white. I yep. know science. <laughs> Lex, it was really great to have you back. It hey, is. it was fun to be back. Thanks for having me here. We'll have to do it again sometime. Have you over for dinner. <laughs> oh, man. I'm totally coming to Vegas and having you give me dinner. That sounds really fun, actually. <laughs> and having you cook me dinner. <laughs> can, can we have grilled cheese like your mom used to make? Yep, we uh, totally can. And I, I make actually a very good tomato basil soup. Is it creamy? <laughs> it's a little bit creamy. I make it with the Vitamix. Nice. I make some pretty amazing mac and cheese. From the box? I, 
No, no, I do it fancy style. Sounds like we're going to have to get together in Vegas. And eat a lot of melted cheese. And eat a lot of cheese. Yep, that's it. We need an unprofessional alumni potluck. <laughs> <laughs> that <sounds> awesome. <laughs>